and he was caught, he was seen opening the fridge door and drinking the milk, chugging the milk from the carton. Six (laughs) seconds, screws it back on, puts it back in the fridge. (laughs) So then, of course, homeowner's like, hey, Mike, what you doing? Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 12 minutes after 6 on this Thursday morning, opening day of the Wisconsin State Fair. A lot of news and uh, information on how you can get in for a discount today. Still ahead, we've got the CEO of Wisconsin State Fair Park, Sherry Black, joining us at 620 live from the fair this morning. Vice President Kamala Harris visits Southeast Wisconsin today, scheduled to do some, Eric, administrative business and then some campaign business. Yeah, I'm going to strut around Kenosha County for a bit and then show up in Milwaukee. Uh, that's the that's the plan. Yep. The uh, former first Pleasant Prairie among uh, those uh, visits, along with the Commerce Secretary Gina Ramondano, Ramondo, apologies, the vice president expected to talk about investing in broadband expansion and access. They're at a company that I hadn't heard of before. It's Sanmina. This is a global manufacturing and logistics company. They have a facility in Kenosha County where they okay. do some light manufacturing. Uh, from what I could tell is if you have some sort of project that needs like uh, computer chip circuitry, that kind of stuff. So pretty pretty high-tech stuff that they make at this plant, and they, that's used in broadband, and they're going to use this facility to talk about what the administration wants to do, what we're yeah. doing in the state. Broadband uh, Expanding broadband access a priority for Governor Tony Evers as well. So... Uh, as scheduled, the VP and Commerce Secretary will do that in the afternoon and or early afternoon. And then, as you mentioned, back in Milwaukee this evening, spending about an hour at a campaign event. No particulars on location. Who are the guests at this point? That's pretty standard. Yeah, that's typical. Uh, one thing to pay in my uh, pay attention to today, though. So she's going to land. You know, eleven o'clock hour. She's landing in Milwaukee. She's heading south. Then she's going to head up to Milwaukee later in the afternoon. So right around drive time, or yeah, maybe mid-drive time, she's going to take off from Mitchell. So keep that in mind. Obviously, you got to shut down interstates when a, an official like a VP is in town. So there will be some road closures when some people may be trying to get home or get someplace today. Yeah, as Eric mentioned, she is flying into and out of Milwaukee Mitchell International Airport, so the motorcade would proceed from there. The Secret Service, and this is not unique to this administration, every administration I've covered over the years, they ask that we know when the plane is landing. Right. <laughs> we just they, don't know their route. Yeah, they right. ask that you not give exact times, nor do you publicize the route of the motorcade in any way. Mm-hmm. You'll know it when you see it. But as Eric mentioned, think late morning around uh, between 11 and noon in that area when you may have that traffic interruption. And then uh, early this afternoon and into the evening as well, as you have her coming back from Kenosha County. The ride home could be a little dicey yeah. depending on where you're going. Yeah, after 4 p.m. So something to make note of. It'll be a busy afternoon for Debbie Lazica, but she'll have you covered with all of that traffic. Sports is coming up next. It's brought to you by Wisconsin Harley-Davidson in Oconomowoc, your destination dealer. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. One day after snapping their four-game losing streak, the Milwaukee Brewers discovered a new way to lose the Wednesday afternoon rubber match in Washington. Vargas is now at second. Ruiz is at first. Nobody out. The one-two pitch. 
Bouncing ball to third. Monasterio has it. Comes home with it. The throw is wide of the bag. Gets away from Contreras. Dickerson has scored. Here's the throw to the plate. And in there, safe as Vargas. The Nationals walk off the Brewers here today. An ugly finish for the Brew Crew as they fall to the Nationals by a final score of 3-2. to two, Losing two out of three in the nation's capital and finishing with just one win over the six-game road trip. The good news, though, guys, there's good news for the Brewers. The Reds lost again meaning the Brewers trailed them in the NL Central Division by just half a game. But there is bad news, of course. The Cubs beat the Reds. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago continues <laughs> to surge. They have shortened their trail of the Brewers. The Cubs now just sitting three games out of first place. Becoming well, a three-horse race here, my friend. Oh, it is. I don't like it. It's been since uh, July 4th. Yeah. Milwaukee will look to rebound following a terrible road trip with the Pittsburgh Pirates coming to town. Coverage gets underway right here on WTMJ beginning at 540. From the Diamond to the NFL, as training camp rolls on in Green Bay today, so does the competition for Aaron Jones and the offense. They've had just about enough of the defense winning the training camp drills. I am getting sick of it. They're definitely letting us hear about it, uh, especially when, when it's time to do the up-downs of the push-ups. They're right there. Um, they're letting Matt hear it, too. So, uh, you know, as a competitor, you never like that. And I, I make sure I'm right next to them so they can see me doing them. And uh, when, it, when the when the rolls flip, I'm going to be right there counting them for them. So. Practice will get underway later this morning in Green Bay, beginning around 1030. And lastly, over to college football, where the Big Ten Conference could look a little bit different very soon amid some uncertainty within the Pac-12. The conference, according to multiple sources, has began considering further additions to its already 16-team conference. Oregon, Washington, California, and Stanford, which are all Pac-12 schools, are programs under consideration by the league. USC and UCLA are slated to make the move to the Big Ten beginning in 2024. Hey, so that new brewer, Mark Cana from the Mets, he is a big foodie, he apparently. Is. Yeah. And he's got like a, a an Instagram account where he talks about different food or whatnot. He was on the MLB network talking about how he's looking forward to Milwaukee. Milwaukee, from what I hear, I spent most of my career in the American League, but um, <laughs> Milwaukee's got a, a good little food scene. Okay. So um, I'm excited to dive into that. Um, there's a there's a food market I know I have to check out. Uh, some guys, Daniel Vogelbach was there, and he was you know right away was coming up to me with all the restaurants I need to go to, and, <laughs> and uh, you know it's a it's a I think it's a sneaky good food city. Dan Vogelbach, <laughs> right Gee, away. I wouldn't have thought he would have any you know food. Where you Don't worry about what's going on on the field. Come over here and check out the uh, the food scene. Coming up. Going live to Wisconsin State Fair. That's next. Wisconsin State Fair opens in less than four hours. 10 a.m. start time on the 172nd Fair. If you pay full price to get in, you just didn't try very hard. Today's gate promotion, $5 admission until 4 p.m. with a cash donation or at least two non-perishable food items for the Hunger Task Force. Sherry Black is the CEO of Wisconsin State Fair Park, and she is with us live on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline this morning. So, Sherry, as a Waukesha farm kid who grew up showing animals at the fair, must be so special to you at this moment in time to be where you are in one of our state's great traditions kicking off again. It is. I, I have to tell you, when I came in this morning, I could smell livestock and cream puffs. And that is what I remember from my childhood. <laughs> That's a the good best mix. smell ever. So it is. 
Let me start you off with this. Uh, ahead of everything else, I know safety and security for everyone at the fair is paramount for you and for your team. From whether we're talking about safety on the midway rides to controlling behavior on the grounds, have you taken any additional steps this year that you want to let people know about in terms of security and what we need to be aware of? Well, we instituted the bag policy last year, so that is something um, that we are doing again this year, and you can get all of this information on wistatefair.com, but it provides the sizing um, as well as the um, the youth admission policy that comes into play today at 5 o'clock, so you need to have a chaperone with you, um, and Again, all of this information is on the website. But those are the, the biggest ones I think we're trying to make sure that gets out. And today, because of the heat, we are allowing you to bring in a sealed water bottle um, or an empty water bottle. So we hope that everybody stays hydrated. What about cash? Can you use cash at the fair? You can use cash. I will tell you, if you purchase your tickets online, those will go faster and you'll save a dollar. Oh, well, we're in favor of that. All right, so yeah. we mentioned that you used to show animals at the fair. I want to highlight particularly the young people who have worked so hard through the summer and actually in, in many cases for years getting their animals ready for this moment. For them, what is today really like? What's, what's it about as you get set to open the fair? This is really their highlight, kind of the pinnacle of showing for them because you had to qualify um, or you had to do well at your county fair in order to be able to show here at the state fair. Um, so you're, the, the youth that are here, this is the best of the best. So um, they're excited. They can't wait to show everything. I know this morning we kick off with showmanship in the Case IH Coliseum. So that's really what is judged on the person more than the animal when you do showmanship. Um, so I think that a lot of these kids take a lot of pride in how they place today in showmanship. So that's exciting. Well, I know we're going to be talking with you through the week as we get set to launch the fair and into next week as well. So hope it's a great start for you today and look forward to talking to you through the next 11 days, Sherry. Yes, you guys too. Thank you so much. Sherry Black is the CEO of Wisconsin State Fair Park. Fair again, 10 o'clock start time this morning. <laughs> Okay, Brewers back home here after a forgettable road trip. Brandon Snyder looks ahead to the game this evening in sports at 645. So there's a real estate agent out of Canada. His name is Mike Rose. Yeah, what'd Mike do? He's been hit with nearly $17,000 worth of penalties and fines. Whoa. Why was that? Well, Crooked be- contract. He- no, no, none of that. No. He was caught on surveillance camera. Everyone's got cameras in their phone, in their homes now, FYI, you right? Know Reminder. That. And he was caught, he was seen opening the fridge door and drinking the milk, chugging the milk from the carton. Six <laughs> seconds, screws it back on, puts it back in the fridge. <laughs> so then, of course, homeowner's like, hey, Mike, what you doing? And the guy goes, oh, you mean the milk incident? No, no big deal. And she said, no, he downplayed it. She complained. She filed a, a complaint to the real estate agency, and now he's been fined $17,000 for going through a customer's milk. So what, he's, he's there setting up for a showing or something yes. like that? The owners aren't there? And he says, yes. you know what I like right now? Well, let's just see. Let's open up the, <laughs> the fridge and see what it. you got. CNN did the story. The best part is that after he drank the milk, and uh, so he you know took a big chug, six seconds worth. <laughs> 
six seconds worth, sets it in there. Then he gave the, he gave the first a quick look through. <laughs> what else? He's looking <laughs> yeah, for something else? Just to give it a look-see. Had shorts on, which I thought was interesting for a real estate agent, kind of going in there a little, little uh, laissez-faire. But um, anyway, $17,000. Wouldn't have been okay, but if he had grabbed a beer... At least you could understand. <laughs> Who just that's, takes a pull off the That's more milk. acceptable. Have you ever had that? Anyone, uh, any guest or anyone walk into your house? Wait, did he drink right out of the... Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Heck. At least grab a cup. Jeez. That's what happens in my house a lot. My my kids have like neighborhood kids and friends over a lot. And like, I'll just walk into the kitchen and someone's like digging through my cupboard. That pulling, happens to me too. I'm like, pulling glasses. What kid are you? Where do you come from? <laughs> What's your name? Sure, you Who's can in my fridge now. All right. But see, that's on your kids, though. Yeah, just go up and get some. Yeah, my dad doesn't care. <laughs> and I really don't. Like, I'm fine with it. But yeah, stranger drinking out of your fridge. Hmm. 638 on Wisconsin's Morning News. It's time to celebrate an everyday hero. We do it every Thursday around this time. It's when we celebrate that average John or Jane Doe who had no idea when they got up that morning that they would save a life. All right. Everyday Hero presented by Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living, transforming the culture of care. Azuri, Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living. So the next time you see a delivery driver in your neighborhoods, Vince, you should make yeah, sure. sure you thank them. Okay. Because this guy saved a life. FedEx driver in Southern California being hailed a hero this morning. His name is Jonathan Rohrbeck. So Rohrbeck was driving his route in SoCal when he came upon a burning car, pulled over to help, saw a man there next to the car, had just gotten thrown from it. It was on fire. He pulled the man. The first thing he runs through your head is there might be somebody inside and... I need to get him out. So he grabbed the guy. That's Rohrbeck talking to KGTV, ABC 10. Is that the first thing that runs through your head? I think for most of us, it's like, ooh, that car's on fire. Drive on. This guy, he had his phone out. It was caught on video, too. Had his phone out with a light to make sure that he was getting everyone out of this car. Dragged the man away right before a series of explosions turned that car into a fireball. Man was pretty banged up, too. Not in good shape. They even had to blur out some of the injuries. It was so bad. He is expected to make a full recovery, which is amazing. As for Rohrbeck, you know what's going to happen here with this. You know, you know, he's going to talk about whether or not he's a hero, right? Yeah, right. And uh, he's going to say, I'm Batman. That's right. <laughs> I saved that guy. <laughs> nope. Nope. Here's what he said. If I was hurt or, you know, my family or her or anybody, you know, if it looks like there's some way that you might need to help somebody, why not? Stop and help him. That's right. There you go. Just doing what anybody else would have done. Right? That's what you do. <laughs> so congratulations and thank you to Jonathan Rohrbeck, our FedEx driver who saved a life, our everyday hero this morning. Everyday Hero, presented by Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living, transforming the culture of care, Azura Memory Care. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. After a throwing error by Andrew Monasterio in the bottom of the ninth inning Wednesday, the Washington Nationals rallied to beat the Milwaukee Brewers by a final score of 3-2. After going 1-5 on the road trip, Milwaukee, who still trails the Reds by just a half game in the NL Central, will look to rebound with the Pittsburgh Pirates coming to town tonight. Coverage gets underway right here on WTMJ beginning at 540. Training camp in Green Bay rolls on in Titletown later this morning, beginning roughly around 10.30. The Packers will practice today, have a day off tomorrow, and will hold family night 
on Saturday at Lambeau Field. And lastly, the NFL is officially back. The New York Jets and Cleveland Browns will get the preseason started for the league's Hall of Fame game tonight. Kickoff is all set for 7 p.m. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. The Green Bay Packers are just one week into the beginning of their new era in Titletown. For Packers fans everywhere, the first week of practices was precisely what you wanted to see from newly appointed starter in Jordan Love. I think it is probably safe to say the whole world is most definitely watching the former first-rounder out of Utah State this summer. And after the first week... Number 10, to me at least, showed out why he was ready to take over, while at the same time proving why Brian Gunnikin selected him in 2020. Hitting the net, tossing 60-yard-plus bombs to Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs in tight coverage, poised in the pocket and helping lead the charge for an eventual game-winning field goal are just a few of the highlights from number 10 following week one as the new leader. Simply put, this is exactly the progression as a Packers fan, I have been waiting to see. It's almost like, I don't know, the offseason program and working out with your teammates away from the team's facilities means something. Who knew, right? Shocking. Ever since this kid was drafted, he has had so many individuals go out of the way to tell him or the world how the Packers wasted a pick on him. He didn't need to be selected in round one, blah, 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 blah. For Jordan Love, it's about something other than living up to the expectations of the past in Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. It's about Jordan Love. Chances are against him. It's unlikely he will become the next Hall of Famer in Green Bay. And the best thing about that, he doesn't need to be. At 6.52 this morning, barriers are up in Washington. Security on heightened alert as former President Donald Trump scheduled to be arraigned in federal court later today. These latest charges against Trump, this time dealing specifically with January 6th and alleged efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election. And this one is different for the Trump legal team. They knew the documents case was coming for them. They obviously knew the Manhattan DA case was coming. And they obviously are watching very closely that other probe down in Fulton County, Georgia, into the efforts to overturn that election in that state. But this one, they had not expected. So he will arrive. He'll leave his home in Bedminster. He will fly down to Washington, D.C., where he will make... Another court appearance on Wisconsin's Morning News, ABC News executive editorial producer John Santucci there and joining us now on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline, ABC News national correspondent Stephen Portnoy. Morning, Stephen. Hey, good morning to you guys. Hey, thanks so much for your time this morning. Before we get to what happens in court today, you're in Washington, already a security scare that got law enforcement on its toes Wednesday. What more do we know, if anything, about that 911 call that sort of paralyzed activity across multiple Senate office buildings Wednesday? Yeah, not a great deal. Look, uh, we we are told by the Capitol Police chief it was a bogus call, but it it sparked uh, evacuations and a thorough search of the three Senate office buildings. Somebody called 911 and said that there was a heavily armed man, and that led to a disruption for a period of time. There was a lockdown, essentially a a shelter-in-place order. No one could access the buildings and a a wide security cordon. Uh, The um, Capitol Police chief was asked whether the Senate complex was a victim of swatting, the idea that someone calls in a phony threat to essentially create havoc. And he wasn't prepared to say that, but he did say it was a bogus call. There was nothing to it. Steven, so what's the timeline look like today? When can we expect things to get rolling? 
Well, look, uh, the, the arraignment is set for 4 o'clock Eastern time today. The uh, former president will fly to Washington. He will uh, have his uh, motorcade caravan take him to the federal district courthouse. The proceeding shouldn't last very long. There's no co-defendant here uh, where there was a slight complication in the um, uh, Miami case where you had the co-defendant who didn't have local counsel, so that had to be rescheduled. Uh, in this case in Washington, D.C., the former president will enter a plea. Conditions for his release will be set. And, and that's about it. I mean, he won't be handcuffed. There won't be a mugshot taken. Uh, it, it, this shouldn't last very long, and we expect the former president will likely be released on his own recognizance. He's expected to fly back to Bedminster, New Jersey, immediately after the arraignment. Talking with Stephen Portnoy, ABC News national correspondent in Washington this morning. So, Stephen, based on that description, if folks are anxious to learn a little bit more about details from this indictment, perhaps, you know, here in Wisconsin, we have great interest. Uh, Our electors or our alternate slate, fake slate of electors, if you will, is a part of this case and the alleged efforts by the president to overturn the election. If folks are anxious to learn more about all of that, they're probably not going to get anything on that from this court proceeding today. Well, I would encourage them to keep tuned to this radio station through the day for the latest information. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. Uh, I, I, look, th- this will be a, a, a court hearing in which uh, it's, it's, it's I want to I don't want to say it's perfunctory. It's essential as part of the process, but it's it's uh, nothing substantive will likely come from today's proceeding. It's an initial appearance. It's an arraignment. Uh, but the, 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 the testimony is going to be the crux of this story. The Attorneys for the former president are going to try to have this case moved out of D.C. They argue that the jury pool here in the city is sure to be heavily biased against the former president. They'll point to the election returns in 2020. Legal experts note that not a single defendant in any of the January 6th cases that have been tried here has had any luck with that argument, that there's some sort of inherent political bias here. That's not an argument that has been known to fly in any instance with any federal judge. There's never been a better time to get away. With the former president will try it, but uh, it's, the legal experts say it's not likely to prevail. Um, I should make one more point, and that is that this is all going down in a historic federal courthouse here in Washington, the same federal courthouse where the Watergate conspirators were tried five decades ago. The former president today stands accused of trying to subvert American democracy. This is a historic moment. His defense attorneys say that he is being uh, uh, that his 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 public remarks are being criminalized uh, in violation of the First Amendment. But uh, the prosecutors say it's more than that. It's the overt actions and the conspiracy, the pressure that was applied on state officials. And you're absolutely right to mention what went on in Wisconsin and other states. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News national correspondent in Washington this morning. Busy day ahead for you. Thank you, sir. You bet. A quick reminder on that too. Read the indictment. I was just going to say. Read the indictment. It's like 40 pages, something like that. We have it on our website. Don't don't take the word of some entertainer. Read the indictment and then make an opinion on it. Well, and to Stephen's point about you know the Trump legal defense of, listen, he has a right to free speech and to talk about these things. That's one of the first things you read if you read the indictment is the acknowledgement from the prosecutors, in this case, the special prosecutor, right. saying he had a right to challenge this in court. He absolutely had a right to say a number of things. He had a right to believe what he believed, yeah. but he didn't have a right to do the next 30 pages of things that I'm going to outline. Right. And that's the case against the former president this morning.